0: Hello everybody, welcome in to another episode of the Couch GM's podcast on Wednesday, March 9th, 2022. It's good to be back with you everybody. Here along, joined by Cody Roadcap. Cody, how you doing after our little two-week
1: break? I'm doing great. What a day to come back. We have a lot of news. I'm going to spoil a little bit, but Rogers is back in Green Bay. Super excited about that one and also excited to kick off season three here at the Couch GM's podcast. Season 3, getting going. Obviously, we're still in the offseason, but like Cody said, big,
0: big news today. Rodgers staying in Green Bay might not even be the biggest news, which is crazy. We're going to hit all that NFL news and notes. We are going to do some quotes of the week. I know you guys missed that. I did. Uh, we're going to do a little franchise tag review, and we are going to preview free agency with some uh, some of the top free agencies position, maybe some dream fits of where we want to see some guys go for some maximum fantasy value. Uh, Make sure you find us on thecouchgms.com and our social media channels for more than you get from this episode. Cody, let's jump into the biggest NFL news.
1: Biggest? I mean, I think that's a relative term. Well, depends What fan fan you are determines what the biggest news of of Tuesday was, I guess you could say.
0: Well, I will still argue in the fantasy spectrum. Rogers was not the biggest news. It was Russell Wilson being traded to the Denver Broncos because there's so much stock up and stock down from this whole entire move. Russell Wilson was traded to the Broncos. We'll outline the deal here first. Uh, the Broncos received Russell Wilson and a fourth round draft pick. The Seahawks acquired Drew Locke, Noah Fance, uh, promising young defensive lineman Shelby Harris, Two first round picks, including the number nine pick in this year's draft, two second round picks, and a fifth round pick. That was a haul for Russell Wilson, who, I mean, he's definitely talented enough and deserves it, but he is also getting up there in age. And we have to talk about a little bit of fancy impact, like I said, because you got to think what happens to like DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, maybe now even Noah Fant gets an adjustment going to another team. Is this a big boost for some Broncos wide receivers? Who do you think outside of the quarterback position has the biggest impact in this trade?
1: I think the biggest impact is Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett and Russell Wilson have had that, you know, uncoachable, you know, untrainable chemistry between the two of them. The deep balls, I believe they went like two years in a row with like 158 or higher passer rating when Russell Wilson was targeting Tyler Lockett So he's losing his number one option. It's going to take a while for him to build that up in Denver. You would think, you did mention he is 33 years old, so he still has a ton of time left in his career with guys playing into their 40s at this point. He could be with the Broncos for 10 more years. Like, that is definitely on the table. He could be there for a while. Um, But in terms of fantasy, I think Tyler Lockett is the biggest loser of this trade, and I don't know which Broncos wide receiver would be the biggest winner at this point. Um, If it would be Cortland Sutton. If it would be Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, can't forget about KJ Hamler, and the tight end that has – I'm just going to call him tight end O because I can't pronounce his last name. So there's a lot of pass-catching options, but which one takes the big step with Russell Wilson is yet to be determined.
0: Definitely. And we can just start calling him Albert O, similar to how they just called Tua Tua. Um, I think that's kind of where the media has come on. So. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Owegbunam, but I think I might be saying it wrong. I don't know. Um, he obviously gets a big boost. Hopefully, he can be a fantasy-relevant tight end next year, taking over the Noah Fant role, and Noah Fant finds a way to have success in Seattle. But I honestly, not knowing the Seahawks quarterback position, knowing that the most talented quarterback on the roster right now is Drew Locke, which is all right, but not fantastic. I am I very concerned. That dirty. <laughs> Geno Smith has played one good game, maybe in his entire career, honestly, I will say. So I would rather have Drew Locke personally, but that's just me. Um, the only person who I'm really feeling like could still be a fantasy relevant guy in Seattle next year, unless something major changes, is DK Metcalf. I think he's the talented guy who I would trust the most in the passing game. I agree with you. Tyler Lockett, I think, is the biggest loser of the entire group. And I'm going to say the biggest winner has to be, I think it's Jerry Judy. I think Jerry Judy and Russell Wilson are going to build a connection even more than a Cortland Sutton or a Tim Patrick. Well, I think that's the kind of receiver that you're going to see Russell Wilson gravitate to. He's the young star on the rise as well. Although I think it's a big boost to all three wide receivers in Denver.
1: I can, I can definitely see it. There's still something about the fact that they, re- they locked up Cortland Sutton, they locked up Tim Patrick. I know Jerry Judy's only going into year three, so he's not mm-hmm. ready for a new deal yet. But just because of them putting so much assets into the other wide receivers, I am a little bit worried about how much he'll be used. I mean, they still draft him, what, 10th overall, top 12, something like that. So he'll definitely st- – don't hear what I'm not saying. He'll definitely be involved. But I do think they'll spread the, round- the ball around. I don't think, you know – their new head coaches, Nathaniel Hackett, he does come from Green Bay. I don't think they'll have, you know, a Devontae adams as player that sees, you know, 60 to 70% or more of the targets. Like, I think it will be well-shared. I think they'll try to run the ball through Javonte Williams. They have the pass catchers. It should be a fun offense. Mm-hmm. The big question is, I have two questions about this trade that aren't completely fantasy relevant. Okay, Was this trade enough to get them out of finishing third in the division? I think
0: yes, because I've been the person that's arguing that the Broncos are an elite quarterback away from being a playoff team slash potential Super Bowl contender. This puts that there. I think they realize that they have a good, solid young core that's growing, and they were that quarterback away, and now they did sacrifice their future for this, but I don't think they gave away enough pieces. Like Noah Fant, I think, is the one that really hurts, but they still have Albert O. They have enough around it that this does get them out of third, at least gets them in the playoffs, maybe even more.
1: Yeah. Well, third can still still make the playoffs. We've it seen could. three teams make it. Um, I actually think Shelby Harris is the big loss. Uh, he was a dominating defensive lineman. Uh, you mentioned they already have a replacement on the roster for Noah. Fant. Drew Locke was out the door, whether they made this trade or not. So Shelby Harris, to me, is the that's a big you know hit on their defensive line. If they can get a Von M- Miller back, we're foreshadowing to something we're going to talk about a little bit later. <laughs> potentially could h- help boost that defensive line. Um but they look like a really good Madden team right now. And then you just sim the defense and you actually don't know who's actually playing, um, but they do have their young guys like Patrick retain. They still have Justin Simmons. So they definitely still have pieces, but I think the defensive line uh, front seven area was well They'll They'll need to put some effort into. Uh, and I think they still have cap space to go out and assign a few guys. And Russ Wilson does only have two years left in his deal. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to, kind of transition into our next segment but i'm also going to end it with a question circling back to this one um which the second big news which i alluded to at the top of the show was aaron Rodgers is staying in green bay he announced it today um i know there was a lot of people like what's taking so long he literally said he would do it before the franchise tag window closed and he did so he stayed (laughs) true to his word it wasn't as quick as a lot of people wanted but he did exactly what he said he was going to do but my question back to the Broncos was there was reports all over the weekend, all over the two week break that we were on that. It came down between Rodgers, the Broncos and retirement. There was some, the Colts and Steelers were like dark horses that could potentially get involved, but it really seemed like it was Bronco, the Denver green Bay retirement. Mm-hmm. Do you think one, this trade would have been enough for Aaron Rodgers, or Ooh. do you think this trade for Aaron Rodgers wouldn't have been as much because he's five years older than Russell Wilson.
0: I, for whatever reason, feel like Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers values were very similar. Despite the age difference. I was one who didn't really want my team to go out and get an Aaron Rodgers, not really because of the talent, obviously super talented MVP back-to-back year quarterback. You just don't know how much longer he's going to be around. He's been bowling retirement for the last two seasons. So I think paying more, for Aaron Rodgers than you just saw in that Russell Wilson trade would have been blasphemy in my opinion, because you could be completely devastating your next five, six, seven years in future for one to two years in potential run with how Aaron Rodgers has been talking. So I don't imagine it being any more than that Russell Wilson deal. I don't want to say it was going to be less though, because the Packers seem to really be playing hardball when it came to getting a hole out of Aaron Rodgers, if he didn't want to come back.
1: Yeah, I, I tend to I tend to agree with that sentiment. I do think it would have been similar, you know, maybe they added an extra first because you know Rodgers is a three-time four-time NFL MVP. Russell Wilson has never received an MVP vote, so there is a little <laughs> bit of contrast, and that so they they could have got a you know an extra first out of it. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it was a good trade for both teams. Like, mm-hmm. I don't understand why Pete Carroll is staying in Seattle like why he doesn't just retire at his age of 70 and gonna go through a full rebuild but hey he'll put that on his his resume and the Broncos got their guy and the Packers fans we get Aaron Rodgers back and I will say as a Packers fan I had talked myself into it's time to move on it's Jordan love time let's go get the trade that they just got you know Maybe we would have swapped out a Drew Locke for a different maybe it'd been Jerry Judy instead of an extra first, and it would have made a lot of sense. You know, let's see what Jordan Love did. But boy, when that news broke that he was back, I was all back into being the obnoxious Packers fan. That's like Aaron Rodgers, the best quarterback in the NFL. Prove me wrong. We're going to the Super Bowl. And I'm ecstatic that Aaron Rodgers is back in Green Bay. I did mention there was the retirement or Denver were possibilities. And it's been uh, you know, debunked, but there was reports that there was a four year, two hundred million dollar contract, one hundred fifty three million guaranteed, came out from Ian Rappaport, Rogers himself to have kind of debunk that. I think that might have been the deal that we've heard about the rumors. You know, Packers are going to make a quarterback marketing offer to him. I think that was the offer. Uh, but there has been some rumblings that maybe Rogers doesn't want that amount of money because. He wants to bring his guys back. He might take less to keep Randall Cobb in town. He might take less to keep Mercedes Lewis in town. He might take less to keep Preston Smith in town. We'll have to wait and see for when the official numbers come back. But, George, what are your thoughts on the return of Aaron Rodgers? Uh, with how everything was
0: breaking, I was expecting it to go this way. I know you as a Packers fan was trying to like come to terms with Rodgers being gone, but I couldn't see Rodgers going anywhere else. And I think it was actually funny how as soon as the Rodgers sustained Green Bay um, broke, that's when Russell Wilson was traded to the Broncos. Like, the Broncos, I think, were waiting to see if they could get Rodgers, and then the trigger on Russell Wilson happened afterwards. But, I mean, it's the status quo. I don't think there's even too much to actually talk about, except for the fact that you said that that four-year, $200 million contract was just a rumor, and that actually could help the Packers cap situation if he does take an even more team-friendly deal. And that's very possible because Aaron Rodgers, the GM, as we started to call him in these last, uh, what, eight months or so, um, does seem to want to bring back his buddies or bring in people who he thinks are like actual locker room help and not just, oh, this talent that the GM might be wh- whiffing on. So I could definitely see him taking a lesser deal to try to bring some of those guys or keep some of those guys in house if he thinks that that team that they had there last year is the team that could make the run. Will it work? Time will tell. Um, but that's all I basically have to say. It's pretty much status quo in Green Bay, and we don't have to go through hashtag Rogers Watch for about three months this year. Hey,
1: you never know. It could always always come back. Um, I will say I do think, you know, don't be surprised, though, if in a couple of weeks it comes out and the contract is pretty close to the four years, $200 million. Like, he did just win back-to-back MVPs. He deserves to get paid. And I'm definitely a proponent of go make as much money as possible. If he wants to take a little less to help some guys stick around, that'd be great, but he has no obligation to do that as a player. As a player, you should be making as much money as you can earn. Um, I know you know, people will be like, well, Tom Brady took discounts. Well, yes, but he also was married to Giselle, who still makes more money than him. And uh, it's been rumors reported, probably happened that Robert Kraft like really helped invest into TB12 and getting that off the ground. So he wasn't being paid for the team, but he was helping, you know, getting some money into his business, which helped him out in the long run. So there's definitely workarounds for that. So if the contract does come to be out that high, it's still great. No matter what, you know, we can say cap friendly. Well, he has a $46 million cap. hit. Any extension will drop that number drastically. They're still about 26 million over the contract. So even getting that number down to 20, will literally put them, essentially where they need to be before the news of the franchise died which we'll get into in a little bit
0: yes and while we're on contracts we might as well talk about the one other deal that was made and that was one of the big big wide receiver
1: the big deal oh what there was a small deal josh reynolds did resign for two-year deals with the detroit lions don't want to overlook that but that's not as fantasy relevant or as important as the big deal that you're about to mention No, I mean, he could
0: be the uh, solid number two behind um, Amra St. Brown there, but no, the big deal, Mike Williams is staying with the LA Chargers. He signed a three-year, $60 million contract, $40 million of that is guaranteed. That was one of the biggest wide receivers on the market. He was expected to go make an impact somewhere else, and now he gets to sit as the number two behind Keenan Allen in that explosive offense there in LA. Cody does this hurt for, does this hurt more in like, oh, it really, you know, weakens the wide receiver market on free agency, or do you think this is the best place for him? And we can see more of what we saw in the first half of the season last year.
1: I mean, that's a, that's the great question that we're going to have to find out. I do think it's probably the best situation for him. He knows the system, you know, he, he's trusted by Justin Herbert. You mentioned his first half of the season breakout where he was literally unstoppable. He was, you know, a great fantasy asset. He did slow down in the second half, but that has been a problem for Mike Williams. He has had his big games and he's also been inconsistent with fantasy. So maybe he could have went somewhere where he could have been the true guy. You know, they still have Keenan Allen there uh, as, you know, what we'll call the number one option, but he definitely had games where Mike Williams was the number one option. But, you know, this Chargers team, they like to throw the ball. They like to run the ball. They like to go for it on fourth down. So he'll definitely get utilized. So I do like this deal of keeping it. a a young piece around Justin Herbert for the years to come. Definitely. I can
0: agree with that. Um, I just hope we see more first half Mike Williams as opposed to second half Mike Williams. But if he's going to be consistent anywhere, I think it's probably staying in the system that he is more comfortable in. So we'll hope for the best there. And just to dilute the wide receiver market even more, Calvin Ridley is not going to be traded because he was now suspended one full season by the NFL for gambling on NFL games while he was away from the Falcons on his mental health break. Um there was a whole Twitter episode that went on after that of him saying he doesn't have a gambling problem. He only bet $1,500. He couldn't even watch NFL games while he was betting. I don't understand the whole entire thing, but obviously the NFL has to keep betting away from their players because that can lead to um, you know, game tampering and that kind of thing. The investigation did come back and said that he was not in contact with anybody from the league when he was betting so there was no you know any there was no shadiness going on with outcomes of games or anything like that but Calvin Ridley now not only does he get suspended for a full season I'm also told this extends his contract an extra year because his contract literally gets pushed off um so we'll see if he stays in Atlanta but Cody what are your thoughts long term I guess the last time we're gonna talk about him for a while because we're not gonna talk about him until he comes back gets reinstated next season
1: yeah, well hopefully if you're in a dynasty league, you can just put him on the IR because suspended will count for the IR. If you're in a salary cap dynasty league, maybe you can drop him during your your free cuts. You know, it that's a tough one to to swallow. Like depends on how much value he's worth. Is it worth holding on for a year? Do you cut him and try to sign him in free agency uh next year? That's definitely um one that you'd have to watch. But going back to the actual 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 situation I do know there's a lot of people that have been like a one year for gambling I mean there's been you know domestic violences that have been four case or four weeks or six weeks and they're definitely a lot worse than gambling and I do think for one I'm not trying to discredit that domestic violence is you know a lot worse in terms of you know actions over gambling you know on a few games but to protect the integrity of the game as the NFL continues to get partnership deals with DraftKings. You know, Hard Rock Casino, the sportsbook that he used, is the naming rights for the Miami Dolphins. Caesars took over for the Mercedes-Benz, and they're now the naming rights for the Superdome. Like, gambling and the NFL are building this big partnership. It's actually how he got caught, is they have some sort of connection where if any of their players' his name pops up. It'll flag and get sent to. The NFL, um, it does seem like in the moment, even though everyone knows they're not allowed to gamble, it's in their contracts. They have signs up in the building. They're not allowed to gamble on the team as an NFL player. It does seem like he was a guy that was like away from the games and he was just like, hey, let me try this out and then forgot about the repercussions. And they came down strong, which they had to, because honestly, if it was a two-game suspension, players would just start gambling. They Mm -hmm. would. And you could see the outcome of games being thrown or altered. And one of his bets was an 18 parlay. So like, that's how, you know, you're just like messing around. Like if you're a casual gambler, like myself, who'd like puts in 25 bucks at the beginning of the season. And once that's up, I'm up, I'm out. Like maybe I'll jump in on a promotion or something like that for a big game. But yeah, you, you, you you know, you throw a dollar down when his case, he threw like $700 down on an eight game parlay. That's his $1 though right exactly so (laughs) i definitely see like i understand where people are coming from on like it's like the punishment doesn't seem as or seems more severe than the actual crime or maybe crime is not the right word of the action Mm -hmm. but from a league integrity standpoint which the league has upheld they had to make an example of this as gambling becomes more prevalent because they have to you know make sure it deters players from doing it and impacting their game. It will be interesting on the same side of that, how some, you know, there was rumors earlier this off season that an owner was willing to give extra money for a coach to intentionally lose games for a higher draft pick. We'll see how they come down on those players. Um, And it's also worth noting that Calvin Ridley also bet on the Falcons to win when he was, even though he wasn't there. So it wasn't like he was betting for them to to lose, and then he was you know, a part of throwing games or anything like that. He was betting for them to win. It's definitely a weird situation that was happened on Monday and was completely overshadowed by Tuesday. Pretty much. Yeah, this was like I was expecting this
0: to be the top headline as we were coming into this episode, and then Tuesday the world exploded, and uh, this got pushed biggest all the way the down to what? Fifth? Yeah, biggest day of the offseason. We were going to come back today anyway, but we picked a great day in advance here. Um the other big news to talk about cuz this was the franchise tag deadline day. We have the final franchise tags. I will name them all off and then Cody you can go ahead and name who you think is the biggest deal. We had the Cowboys tag tight end Dalton Schultz, the Chiefs offensive tackle Orlando Brown, Bengals tag safety Jesse Bates, the Dolphins tight end Mike Gesicki, Browns tight end David Njoku. So the tight ends getting three tags, I thought was very interesting. Um, Jaguars offensive tackle Cam Robinson. And then the news that came out after the Aaron Rodgers news is the Packers tagged wide receiver Devontae Adams. Cody, other than Adams, I'm just going to throw that out there at first because I feel like you're going to say Adams is the Packers fan. Who is the biggest deal of the franchise tags here?
1: Man, that's a great question, George. There's a lot of good candidates for, you know, best franchise tag. If I had to pick one, it's not, you know, Fantasy relevant, but it would probably be Orlando Brown for the the Chiefs. You know that was their big acquisition last year. They're hopefully going to work out a long term deal, and you got to protect Patrick Mahomes. I think you know, obviously devontae Adams is the one that makes the clear one a one. But him, both him and Chris Godwin, the team is in hopes of getting long term deals out of those. So we'll see how many of these guys end up playing on the franchise tag, versus how many of this is just keeping them around until July and. They work out a long-term deal between now and then, uh, but the biggest surprise to me, I mean, one is all the tight ends, but definitely David and Joku for the Cleveland Browns. You know, this is a guy that I feel like last year they're talking about possibly trading him or he wanted traded. Now they franchise-tagged him. They're expected to still keep um, Austin Hooper, who wouldn't actually save them much money, but is owed like ten points something on the cap this year. They have the young guy in Harrison Bryant. So this move to keeping all three tight ends is definitely, you know, an interesting one. And it helps no one in fantasy because the Cleveland Browns tight ends will be once again, unusable, man. I just keep thinking that because they have the lack
0: of wide receivers they're just trying to stack every other offensive position to see if it'll work. Like they're keeping the three tight ends. They have the two really good running backs. Like, I don't know what else it could be. I was going to say him as well as the, I really wanted to see him go somewhere else and see if it is the Browns or if it's him. I mean, we saw what happened with OBJ. Maybe there's a chance that uh, Baker Mayfield's holding back David and Joku as well, or the system in general, because he's not getting as many snaps snaps as we wish. We know he's a talented pass catching tight end. Um, But yeah, I think the clear answer, Adams or Godwin is the biggest uh, tags to stay with their team, but they are hopefully going to sign long-term deals. Um, Orlando Brown could be a, actually a bigger deal for fantasy than we think, because we don't think about offensive linemen, but you know, one of the best offensive tackles in the league, being able to keep Patrick Mahomes upright, which we see. Like, when they were still gelling as an offensive line at the beginning of the season, the Chiefs were struggling. Patrick Mahomes was not the fantasy quarterback we knew him as, as being. But that came around once they actually started to gel on the offensive line, get their game plan together. And we saw how bad he was, obviously, in the Super Bowl two years ago when he couldn't do anything but run for his life. So that's a bigger deal than we expected. And the only other thing I want to say with the other tight end with Dalton Schultz is – it's amazing how we didn't even think he was going to be a tight end one in this league until he had that chance two years ago with the injury. And now not only did he take over the Cowboys main tight end snap, but he gets a franchise tag. That's a big rise to stardom for Dalton Schultz. And maybe he can be somebody who to, uh, who can be one of those most weak starter tight ends coming into next year's fantasy drafts.
1: Yeah. Ex- You know, I think Dalton Schultz and Mike Gosecki both fit into the category of guys I expect to play on the franchise tag. Mm -hmm. Dalton Schultz was hit a one year wonder this year. You know, he did, you know, come in for Blake Jarwin and but he wasn't as productive as he was this season. Was it a one year wonder? Does he go back down? Or is he a guy that you can plan for having long term? And Mike Gosecki, he's been up and down as he has shown signs of promise. And so I think these guys are literally gonna play it out and try to, you know, have their best season and get big deals. I don't, those would be the two guys I would think would be the least likely to get a long-term contract out of this situation.
0: Definitely, and then I have one more guy to talk about here who did not get franchise tagged, someone who the league was a buzz thinking he would, and that's the Patriots and cornerback J.C. Jackson. It seems like every time they get rid of a good cornerback, another top corner in the league seems to pop up in New England. He's just the next one in the group, are you shocked that he was not franchise tagged? Do you think that he's still going to get a long-term deal done, or is he going to walk like every other seemingly, you know, great All-Pro corner from New yeah. England?
1: Look, I I would say J.C. Jackson. If he doesn't get a deal done, he is b- far and away the number one option in, fa- or in free agency for a team to sign. With the caveat or the asterisk that if you are a young quote-unquote star and Bill Belichick doesn't want you what's that about like that I I either just because of how much respect he Bill Belichick has garnered but at the same time I think Jason maybe he just priced himself good you know maybe they can't spend as much because they spent so much last year in free agency I heard on the Pat McAfee show they were joking around that because like they don't even know who's going to call plays in New England now that they left if it's going to be bill belichick himself we know him as a defensive guy but bill belichick might do it will joe judge call plays like there's a lot of turmoil on that offense so they were like hey why don't we you know maybe they almost forgot about the defense and forgot about jc jackson they're they're gonna you know play it out that way maybe they come in offensive powerhouse we'll have to wait and see uh but hopefully they can work out a long-term term deal i think he is definitely a guy and i think it's very different situation than stefan gilmore because J.C. Jackson is still young. This is his opportunity for his first real contract. Steve, Stephon Gilmore, he they were traded, but they signed him as his second contract. He played there for years, and then they traded him when he wanted his third contract. So definitely an interesting situation. And another sin- situation I think is interesting, a guy that didn't get it, which is kind of surprising, was the Titans didn't tag Harold Landry, their pass rusher, outside linebacker. Again, not a lot of fantasy value. Um, unless you're doing IDP. I don't know if that's because they signed Bud Dupree to a pretty big deal last year, but Landry has been a dominant force on that team. He's only going to be 25 this offseason. So that is definitely a young pass rusher, another big name. They're, and they're hopeful to get a long-term deal done. So I'm surprised they didn't take the, the approach of tag and try to sign later, but they didn't. So two defensive stars could be hitting the free agent market.
0: Something to keep an eye on for those IDP leagues or anyone who's just a fan of the NFL in general, not just fantasy, but we have a couple of things to hit really quick that we missed in the last two weeks. I'll just kind of go rapid fire and we can go in depth if we feel. So feel free to cut me off code if you want to. Uh, We talked a little bit um, in our last episode about Kyler Murray's Instagram being completely uh, wiped of Cardinals pictures. They are now back. Um, Apparently they were just hidden. Maybe their relationship is starting to get better. Uh, the NFL Combine happened this past week and it was the fastest ever. There were 31 players who ran sub 4 4 or faster, or sub 4 4 40 times. Now, there's a lot of argument on 40 times actually mean a good player, especially at the wide receiver position, because there's a lot of fast players who just did not pan out. But still, athletes are getting faster and stronger at the same time. It is insane to watch as a fan and someone who is sitting on the couch instead of out there running 40s myself. <laughs> Uh, the Cowboys had some big moves here. They are expected to release Amari Cooper before the start of the new league year. That's obviously getting close, and that's something that we will keep an eye on for everybody there. Also, their defensive end, DeMarcus Lawrence, refused a pay cut. He may be cut as well as a cap casualty because they are trying to free space. They did also, though, uh, come to a contract re-adjustment with Dak Prescott to try to fill in that cap void. So we'll see what happens with the Cowboys, and then finally the Bills did grant wide receiver Cole Beasley permission to seek a trade. That could be a big shakeup in that Bills wide receiver room. Maybe we're going to see some guys who we were uh, hinting at last year that could have breakouts, having breakouts this year. Yep. Gabriel Davis. <laughs> Wanted to see if you knew what I was talking about. I knew you would, but anyway, Cody, if there's nothing else to add, why don't we jump into my favorite segment quotes of the week. Quotes of the week have a uh, very mile-high feel this week, actually. It's kind of funny. Um, and it's nothing to do with Russell Wilson, even on top of it. Let's start off with uh, rookie running back, Javante Williams, talking about his rookie year. He said, quote, I definitely did more than I expected. What does that even mean? Why would you even say that if you would? That I think that's the biggest thing that I was kind of like, what?
1: Yeah, this is definitely one of those <laughs> quotes that definitely draw you back. Um, and I'll be honest, we definitely did this quote based off of the article titled. I didn't read the full article. So, you know, maybe it was, you know, maybe he went on and said, you know, we had a great guy in Melvin Gordon there. I thought he would get, I didn't expect to get as many opportunities. You know, maybe it was something along those lines. But the headline quote, I definitely did more than I expected, is a little bit interesting. You know, normally a player is like, you know, they, you know, often players be like, I haven't reached my full potential. I didn't do as much as, you know, I wanted to, or there's still a lot left in the tank. But to word it is, I definitely did more than I expected. Well, what were your your expectations? Like, it's, I don't know. It was just definitely, it caught me off guard as a quote. But uh, Javante Williams still is a really good player. He's going to be helped out by the Russell Wilson addition and definitely a guy that could be, you know, working his way into a round one running back by the end of the offseason.
0: Definitely, and a lot of that's going to depend on what happens with Melvin Gordon, which we will talk about in our next segment, but now on to Von Miller. We know Von Miller was traded away from Denver to the Rams, went there, won himself a Super Bowl, and now posted on Twitter this past week, quote, I kind of want that old thing back, and then put the number 5280, which is the amount of feet in a mile, so... Maybe he wants to
1: go back. Hey, and it also, you know, it accompanied, you know, he posted a picture of him in his Broncos jersey on IG with the caption saying, should I wear 58 or 40? You know, he he was definitely a guy that, you know, was disappointed to be traded like he understood it, but, you know, it wasn't something he wanted. Um, It would be interesting, you know, great GMing. Hey, go win a Super Bowl, come back get us some picks we'll use to get a quarterback and then you come back and we'll do another ride here maybe he had some insider knowledge on the potential russell wilson trade and was like oh okay now you're actually going to have a quarterback (laughs) i i I, my instinct was because there was a lot of the rumors going around about Rodgers to denver that that was kind of like his pitch like hey if you come to denver i'll be back like you know there was a lot of speculation there and I still think it'll be interesting. It could just be him helping garner his market. You know, he's one of the top guys. He still, you know, demand, you know, 15 plus million dollars a year on the the market. So he might be just trying to create interest in that way as well. But it would be fun to see Von Miller back in Denver. Definitely. And you did hint at it earlier in the show when we talked about
0: Shelby Harris being involved in that trade for Russell Wilson. They can use some defensive line help, some pass rush help. Von Miller would be a perfect fit to go back, especially if they're going to push the chips in and go all in. It seems like there's interest on both sides. We're obviously not going to find out until at least the 14th when legal tampering starts. But we have one more mile high quote, and it comes per TMZ Sports on Twitter. Antonio Brown is quote extremely serious about purchasing the Broncos with Kanye West.
1: What the heck does that know? N- hey, it, it's definitely a weird situation. If anyone doesn't know out there listening, the Denver Broncos are up for sale. Uh, there was about sixteen or six different financial groups that are interested. You know, Peyton Manning's a part of one that's interested john elway is a part of one that is interested and so now there apparently will be a seventh group adding you know that will be headlined with antonio brown and kanye west as a potential suitor for denver definitely would be interesting to see you know antonio brown getting an opportunity to be an owner i could would he hire himself could there be a contract of interest if he gets another job would he force himself onto the team like there is all great questions you'd have to ask. Would he give himself a huge contract as a player and an owner? I th- I think it's more of just, you know, him, you know, him just talking. I don't actually think this will actually come to fruition, but you know, just think about in that the back of your mind that there is a there it's not a 0% chance that Antonio Brown could become of an ownership group for the Denver Broncos.
0: Yeah, I think it's very interesting if uh, he would become in you know an owner or at least a part owner of the Broncos if he would try to get himself onto that team because he's not retired. I don't think he's going to get signed anywhere after all the shenanigans, but it's like there's owner and owner athletes in other sports. I think the most common one would have to be NASCAR. There's plenty of people who are part owners of a of a NASCAR team and also drive for that team. I know that there's coach owners in other sports elsewhere, but I don't know if that dynamic quite fits in the NFL and it at least raises the question of what would happen. But I think it's a much, I, I, wa- I don't even know if I want to say that there's a better chance of him being in an ownership group that owns the Broncos or coming back to play again. Like I think both are fairly low odds and I don't know which one's more likely.
1: Yeah, and I think it's also worth noting, like, you know, it what well, that was pretty much it for for this one. There wasn't too much talk about a, you know, him being a part of an ownership group, which is great. Like, are are we talking like he has about as much say as Patrick Mahomes has with his ownership stake in the Kansas City Royals? Which is probably what it's like. You know, Aaron Rodgers and his ownership stake in the Milwaukee Bucks. Like, so we've seen players become owner you know, partial owners, m- minority owners in other sports. We haven't seen an NFL player become one in the NFL quite yet. And I wouldn't be surprised if Antonio Brown is a part of it, but it, in all likelihood would be such a minor role. He wouldn't be the owner that people are, you know, referencing when, you know, they're going to the ownership meetings. He most likely won't be there. will probably be someone else of the ownership group. But I think that wraps up our mile high edition of quotes of the week. So why don't we get into a free agency brief? Yes, Cody. Why don't we jump
0: in and look at some free agency? Um, I think it's good to start this segment off by saying that the teams do have until the 16th of this month to re-sign their players. Uh, The legal tampering period for free agents to talk to teams outside of their own is the 14th. So, Some things can change before legal tampering and the actual new league year and the chance to sign starts, but we're going to talk about free agents as of this moment. And we're going to go through each position, kind of give some tops at each position and kind of talk about where we would like players to go. So I think I'm going to start off with the quarterback position here. The top three we have on our list are Mitch Trubisky, Marcus Mariota, and Jameis Winston. I'm going to start off with Mitch Trubisky here because I think he does have a good chance of being a top 32 quarterback in the league. I know there was a lot of bad taste in mouths from people after the whole bears thing. But I think if this last year taught us anything, Matt Nagy was not doing him any favors and he is really not the worst thing that we've seen out there. I would not be surprised if a team like Washington went out and got someone like Mitch Trubisky to use as even as a stopgap quarterback until someone else came up or we had a better quarterback draft class.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely think what you have to look at is for the quarterback positions. And one, uh, I actually going to digress. Just also a reminder George did mention these are free agents at this exact moment. Uh, we are the week before the New Year league starts, all the teams have to be in compliance with salary cap as well on the 16th. So we will see quite a few cap casualties join this list, which we'll definitely talk about on next week's show as we start getting into free agency. Um, but for the quarterbacks, Mitch Trubisky, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, Winston, um, he is coming off the ACL injury. I think the best fit for him is you know another year in New Orleans. We'll see without Sean Payton if that's actually a possibility. Um, Mitch Trubisky though is an interesting one. You brought up Washington; they were rumored to also being on Russell Wilson. They actually offered more first round picks than hmm. the Seattle Sea or than the Denver Broncos did, but Seattle wanted him out of the NFC. So that's why they end up going with Denver, but they did offer three first-round picks for um, Russell Wilson. So they're definitely looking for the quarterback market. Uh, some names that we could be, you know, watch for trades would also be like a Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe a Kirk Cousins. That one's going to be a little bit tough because the Vikings are their cap. He has a big cap number. They have to get underneath. And a trade trades, even though they agree to a trade today, it still doesn't actually officially go through until the 16th. That's also something worth keeping in mind. Um, and then. So, for me, I think Mitch Trubisky, you know, I do like the Washington fit. I think that would make a ton of sense. I think he could compete, he would compete well there. You know, uh, Pittsburgh is another name um, I think would be a good fit. I think both him and Mariota would be better than Mason Rudolph. And <laughs> I hope. And I'm going to, I have two questions on the quarterbacks, and I'll start with this one for okay. you. If you're the Indianapolis Colts, mm hmm. Mitchell Trubisky or Carson Wentz?
0: I'm probably going Carson Wentz. Um, and call me crazy, I was hoping you would say Mitch Trubisky, Marcus Mariota, or Carson Wentz, and I might say Marcus Mariota.
1: Interesting. So, all right, right. I'm and I have a, a second que- uh, part. <laughs> okay, this I figured question. you'd
0: follow up with that, so go ahead.
1: <laughs> uh. So, do you have trubisky or mariota higher or who should be the top quarterback free agent
0: maybe it's just because i'm a little biased like recency bias and i saw mariota like play successfully in the little bit of time he did get to like get some snaps in vegas but he looked pretty solid and you also have the recency bias of trubisky looking bad in chicago the last time he played because that system was trash so Honestly, I'd almost, I almost feel like it looks like what kind of system you're looking to run. If you're looking to run that more like next-gen quarterback kind of system where you have a mobile quarterback that's good outside the pocket, can run for yards, Mariota's your guy. If you're looking for a more traditional pocket passer that can break the pocket when he needs to, I think that's more the Trubisky kind of status. Um, I personally would rather have Mariota, but I would not argue with teams who would say Trubisky's better.
1: I can understand that. And then my a- actual other question was another name that it is going to get talked about now. I don't even think he's on the trading block unless somebody offers something pretty high, but that would be Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers, obviously we, we've talked about it a lot. He is coming back to Green Bay. Jordan Love will be going into year three, but is still only 23. That is as he's a few months older than potential first round pick Kenny Pickett he's about eight months older than potential first round pick Malik Willis so he's definitely still a young guy so there is potential if you're a team like the Steelers if you're a team like the Colts a team you know that is not going to be able to get one of those top two guys or maybe you don't even like one of those top two guys because you know it isn't a deep draft class and if you're trying to What are your thoughts? Again, I don't know if he's going to be available. I don't even know. Like, do you have to give a first round pick to get him back? Do they have to recuperate? Would they be willing to take a second round pick at this point? Do they want to keep him because he's known the system? And if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, that's their best option. Like, there's a lot of dynamics there. But I think Jordan Love would be a fun name to to keep in the back of people's mind as the season progresses. And it could even be until a training camp injury, like we saw with Sam Bradford getting traded to the Vikings after the Teddy Bridgewater injury multiple years ago. It could be something like that, but again, there's not a lot of great quarterback options, but there's also not a ton of teams. There's a ton of teams that need quarterbacks, but there's not a ton of teams that I think any of these guys move the needle enough to go out and make splash plays for.
0: Yeah, no, I think the two biggest teams that I'm taking a look at when it comes to the quarterback market um, well, I I guess three because I think Washington's definitely in the market for somebody, Um, but New Orleans, because they're potentially losing Jameis Winston. I'm not convinced Taysom Hill's the answer. I don't know if they are. Obviously, he has a big contract if he plays quarterback. Not as big if he doesn't play quarterback, but it's still a lot of money. So I don't know if they would go out and sign somebody else instead of maybe just bringing back Jameis Winston. And now Seattle, obviously. If Seattle thinks that one of these guys could be a really good stopgap quarterback or be someone who can kind of come on the bounce back, um like Mariota, who was a starter in the past, now is sat behind, if they think he can come back and be a solid quarterback who's also a similar scheme fit to like Russell Wilson, that would be the team I'm looking at. So, yeah, it doesn't really move the needle for a lot of teams, but there's a couple of teams now who are very quarterback needy that you do have to keep an eye on and actually would be a decent upgrade over what they have on their roster.
1: Yeah, and I think you could add Carolina in that mix too. It doesn't seem like they... If they can help it, they'd rather move on from Sam Darnold. Um, But again, how much different is Jameis Winston compared to Sam Darnold? He looked better last year in times, but Sam Darnold looked good at times, too. So quarterback is definitely an interesting situation. And like I mentioned, there's not a true guy. You know, if Marcus Mariota goes to the Washington football team, it's not like that's going to make me pick, you know, Terry McLaurin any higher or think we're going to have a huge breakout for second-year player Diami Brown. like. There's not a lot of guys, you know, and again, I don't think there's much difference between Trubisky and Carson Wentz on how I view like a Michael Pittman either. So quarterbacks don't really move the needles, but running back I would probably say is the deepest position, probably because it's the most, it's one of the most under, not undervalued, but not underpaid. Position. I don't even know if underpaid's the right word. It's just because they're almost becoming a dime a dozen. Like you can find a good running back in mm-hmm. round five, you know, he can play for two years. We're seeing so many committees now, so you're not seeing guys get huge contracts. Literally, the Cowboys are cutting a bunch of people because they gave all that money to Zeke. The Panthers are taking calls for Christian McCaffrey because of his big contract. They all start to, you know, have big cap numbers starting this year. But the free agent running backs are Melvin Gordon, or I shouldn't say no, this is not the list of all of them, but the, you know, our top guys available would be Melvin Gordon, Leonard Fournette, Cordero Patterson, James Connor chase edmonds ronald jones sonny michelle david johnson marlon mack raheem morster rashad penny and jd mckissick and george i hate you for not putting you just put edmonds and i I was like (laughs) who who is that and i had to i think on on the fly so but out of those guys what would you say is the top option and what team do you think makes the most sense for one of these guys so you see what i think you got to
0: do is uh You get a group of these guys. So like you get Raheem Mostert and he gets you through the first three weeks. Um, and then you bring in like a James Conner with that as well. And all he does is get goal line touchdowns the entire year. He might get like a hundred yards on the season, but he'll get 20 touchdowns. Um, maybe you pair that with like a Sony Michelle, because if he's coming off the bench, like he does really good. So you just make him think he's not the starter. And then he has really good when he just comes in on second down every single drive. Um, And then you pair that all up with Leonard Fournette once you get to the playoffs, because playoff Lenny is playoff Lenny. But really, though, no. Um, Obviously, I think the top guy on this list has to be Melvin Gordon. And we've been beating the drum for this for a while now, even though he hasn't even been a free agent yet. But I think Melvin Gordon to Buffalo needs to happen, because Buffalo needs a top back and he is definitely somebody who still has a lot in the tank he was even able to split carries last year so he doesn't even have all all the mileage on his legs um he's my favorite but i think there's at least five guys on this list who could go to buffalo and i think would be great upgrades and i would love to see
1: yeah i'm with you i think i think one i think the buffalo bills are the most needy team i think melvin gordon gordon would fit in there quite nicely um, I think as a fantasy owner, I'd love to see Corderell Patterson stay in Atlanta because they seem to found a role for him that suits his skill set well. And it'd be nice for him to actually be fantasy relevant. They could be looking for two guys because Mike Davis didn't perform uh, that well either. You know, the Seahawks, they have some interest in Rashad Penny returning, but they're not they were quoted not going to get into a bidding war. But, you know, Chris Carson had the, the neck injury, so his status could be up in a quest. So I do like that one. You know, one of these teams, like, which one of these guys would you say would make you excited if they went to, like, the Houston Texans, who will probably once again be looking for a running back?
0: Um, well, I guess Melvin Gordon has to be one, just because I think he's the most talented back, that even though it's in a devoid system, he'd be the guy who I think has the best chance of being a one-man army. Um, Leonard Fournette would have to be the second. And then maybe call me crazy, Marlon Mack, because I feel like Marlon Mack was a very solid back. The Colts kind of decided to go elsewhere when they went with Jonathan Taylor. He got hurt, came back last year, wasn't really used because obviously Jonathan Taylor needs the snaps. I still think he's got a lot of value and could be a solid started running back. So I think those would be the three that would get me the most excited, but just putting on that Texans uniform makes me significantly less excited about any of these running backs.
1: That is definitely understandable. Some other guys like they might be in some rotations that I would like to see want. I think, you know, Melvin Gordon to the bills is like for a fantasy is like the dream for me. I think Mm -hmm. Leonard Fournette going to Miami, you know how much I loved miles Gaskin last year. I think that'd be a good fit for him. He'll get to stay, you know, in South, he will get to stay in Florida where he's, you know, he's blossomed pretty well. Um, I think which I I did like, I don't know if you did this intentionally, but when you like paired them, you mentioned two guys uh, and that was James Conner and Raheem Mostert. Mm -hmm. Because they're losing out on Chase Edmonds and James Conner, I expect one of those guys to be back and I tend to think it'll be James Conner in Arizona. But I do think if they could get like a Raheem Mostert to be his complement, I think that would be fun for that offense. You know, a pass catcher, a speedster. Again, he's coming off another significant injury, so we'll have to see what his medical is clear out to be, So, you, and you can't fully trust Raheem Mostert. But I do like, I think James Conner makes a ton of sense back um, to Arizona. But those are like the, the key guys. But what are some, and my last question is, is there any of these guys that you think would fit, you know, right in as a number two, like, you know, maybe Sony Michelle back to the Rams, even though that's kind of a, but like, you know, a number two option um, that might fit into a team or complement to a guy starter.
0: Um, Raheem Mostert was going to be one of those guys I was going to say, because I think you either have to pair him with a big bodied back, like a James Conner. I do like the James Conner Raheem Mostert mix that you did mention there. I think that'd be great for Mostert to get some of the carries off of his workload, hopefully keep him healthier. And then Conner can just take all the big blows. Um and then obviously I think the other two that would be great compliments would have to be Cordarell Patterson or JD McKissick. Generally, because they are traditional pass catching backs, I think if they go on to a team that has more of a bruiser, um, I mean, just because lack of better thought. Like if you go on to like a Titans with a Derrick Henry and you want to get Derrick Henry a couple less snaps, if you have a more Promising pass catching back than they have now in like a J.D. McKissick or a Cordell Patterson. That's a great thing to try to get defenses eyes to move on third down, um, or with a Jonathan Taylor or anything like that. Um, I would like interested to see where those guys go because we've seen those backs who might only really get third down snaps be fantasy relevant before, um, and maybe maybe Patterson goes to a place to be a little bit more in a third down back, but I kind of doubt it at his age now. Um, I'm interested to see if those guys go to a favorable situation.
1: Yeah, I think I just want to mention for the last running back, then we can move on, would be Chase Edmonds. Um, I think he could find a nice spot being compliment, you know, whether, again, the Vikings want to take a swing and, you know, back him up to Dalvin Cook, you know, maybe a secondary option. You know, maybe the Panthers do trade Christian McCaffrey and get a guy like Chase Edmonds, a little bit younger, has a similar skill set. He's not as explosive. He has a little bit more power than it. A Christian McCaffrey could be a fun suit there. So I think Chase Edmonds might be a guy that can fit into literally any system. Um, But I don't think – I think we've seen now he does, he isn't the guy that you can make the lead back. But even a guy like Tennessee, you know, he would fit in nicely for the uh, – behind Derrick Henry, a guy who has some pass-catching ability. Uh, so Chase Edmonds is another name to watch. But, again, a lot of these guys will probably go unsigned until we start seeing injuries because we'll draft some rookies you know, they are not going to want to have to spend the money on these free agent running backs. So unfortunately, like we've might've seen Marlon Mack play his last snaps in the NFL, or you might, you know, get, um, you know, something that we didn't mention that we should have probably in the, the news recap was the COVID rules have been, you know, lifted for all the NFL teams as we head into next season. And it wasn't in, the I'm I know I'm going off on a tangent here, but it wasn't in the actual report when I read that. But stuff like veterans on the practice squad, practice squad protections, unlimited IR rules. Like are those things that were now gone because all the COVID stuff has been essentially eliminated. So like if that's the case, like Marlon Mack might have been a practice squad guy if we had those kind of rules again. But in that they, they don't bring that kind of stuff back, which I hope they do like that made a ton of sense. It was a lot more fun mm-hmm. that way help with roster building. So I hope they negotiate that with the NFL PA to keep that the same. Um But some of the JD McKissick's another guy, like he's had some experiences, but like you can get a pass catching running back in the draft for less. So some of these true. guys, unfortunately might've played their last snaps, even though they're on the list of top running back free agents. That's true.
0: Um, but
1: it is a deep class, and I think it
0: was last year. I know I was banging the table for a lot of guys last year, and it didn't work out the way that we expected. So we'll have to keep an eye on it. But the wide receiver position does not seem as favorable. But there are some guys on here, I think, that could still be some difference makers. Uh, a couple guys we have in our tops. We have Allen Robinson, Jamison Crowder, T.Y. Hilton, A.J. Green, Odell Beckham Jr., Christian Kirk, D.J. Chark, Michael Gallup, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Juju Smith-Schuster, Will Fuller, and Cody put on the list just for me, Byron Pringle, uh, even though Byron Pringle is probably not the, the biggest name on this free agent market. But um, I think it's good to start with um, guys who might resign. Odell Beckham Jr. is in serious contract talks with the Rams. He might actually fall off of this list before the start of the new league year. Juju Smith-Schuster was also reportedly offered a long-term contract by the Steelers. He might be someone who falls off this list as well. So that'd be two big names off, but there's still a lot of... Oh, sorry, I missed Michael Gallup as well, Um, especially with the news that um, you could be seeing Amari Cooper getting cut before the start of the new league year. They are expecting to re-sign Michael Gallup to fill that void. Sorry, I missed that one. But there's still a lot of other guys on this list that could be very interesting, and I just want to start off with Alan Robinson. Do you think Allen Robinson last year was a scheme problem? Do you think it was an Allen Robinson
1: problem? Is he going to rebound wherever he goes? That is probably the question of the offseason for both fantasy and the player. Because we have seen Allen Robinson dominate with Blake Bortles. We saw him dominate with Mitchell Trubisky. Was it injuries that just caught up to him this year? Did he try to play through it too much? You know, he was sidelined for a few weeks. Are we, you know, do we put too much credit into Justin Fields in his rookie year? I do think Allen Robinson is still a talented wide receiver, and I do think you will find I'm not saying he's not going to find himself on another team. He might have to sign a one-year deal. Like, you know, a one-year, you know, it might be a high number, but it might just be a one-year kind of deal or you know, maybe it's a one-year twelve million up to sixteen million if he hits all his benefits or something along those lines, um, and I think there's a lot of good fits for him. You know, you have to include the New England Patriots. They like to go after wide receivers like that. They have a lot of speed guys. They don't truly have it, you know, a possession guy. It's what they thought Nikhil Harry could be, but he hasn't been that guy. Um, so maybe they'll go for a little bit more veteran option. I think he would. You know, he would complement a Tyree kill really nice in Kansas city, as much as we don't want another option there. You can't rule, you can't rule that one out. Um, the Packers were interested in him The last time as a free agent. Now he did pick the bears over the Packers. We'll see if they still have interest in him, if they want to go younger. Uh, I do think he'll have a good market, but you know, he could also, it'll be interesting to see. Does he go for a one-year deal to try to better his value uh, for the next next season or do you think he goes to like a team like the Houston Texans or a team like the Miami Dolphins who might have a little bit more cap space but are like hey we'll give you you know a big similar to like the Giants did with Kenny Galladay I think Kenny Galladay had some offers as like a one-year deal and he ended up taking the long-term money which actually worked out better for him because he got hurt a lot mm-hmm. but I could see Alan Robinson's market being very slim or very similar to how Kenny Galladay was last year
0: that's a great point um and th- it's also worth noting al robinson is older than someone like a kenny galladay so betting on yourself after you've been in the league for six years five or six years i think he's been in is a lot different than betting on they're yourself been same in the league for three
1: really they're both 28 Wow. Now, okay it doesn't seem like it should be that way actually so kenny galladay is younger because he was born in november and Alan robinson was born in august but they are both born in 93 well i take back what i just
0: said there but um i still think after having that bad of a year it's gonna be hard for a, a, him to find a team to give him a long-term deal that's more than like i don't know six mil a year or something like that i mean you know his His, you know, his value, there's probably going to be a desperate team that's desperate for a wide receiver that does go out and actually pay him that and offer him more than a year. But I think he is better off taking the one-year contract, hoping he can cash in a three-year deal on the other side, play until he's 32 then, and, you know, retire after that. But I'm very interested to see where he goes. I mean, there's a lot of teams out there looking for wide receivers and the wide receiver market's kind of fizzled in the last 24 hours, even with Mike Williams coming off the market, Chris Godwin coming off the market. Uh, Devonte adams so alan robinson's almost the top dog left and we'll see if like the eagles are probably looking for a wide receiver to compliment De- um, Devonte smith the browns should be looking for another wide receiver to go with jarvis landry we'll see if any of those teams decide to make an offer on him and if it ends up you know becoming even a bidding war of i'll give you two years i'll give you three years instead of the one year deal
1: yeah i think the browns would actually make a ton of sense that uh, you mentioned them out loud he's a little bit different style than jarvis landry He'd be another pass catcher, you know, a bigger body for what we assume to be Baker Mayfield. It doesn't seem like they'll be moving on this offseason. Um, so I do like that fit. But you also mentioned a lot of other teams that, you know, might need a number two wide receiver. And there is three young number two options, technically four, but I'm excluding Michael Gallup because I'm pretty sure he's going back to Dallas. Um, and that's Christian Kirk, DJ Chark, and MVS. I think these could be some of the like the bigger names on free agency you know teams that are looking they might have their top guy but they're looking for you know a true number two option you know whether that's you know the Colts with Michael Pittman you could argue if he's a one or a two the well I almost said the Washington football team the commanders with they have Terry McLaurin but you know they've drafted some young guys but maybe they want to you know upgrade there uh the Packers you know Alan Lazard is a restricted free agent so he should be back but do they want to add some more speed Or a person to replace MVS? Will they go through the draft? So to me, I think the the two most intriguing names or the three most intriguing names are MVS, DJ Chark, and Christian Kirk. I think they'll all benefit. I think they'll all be, you know, those borderline flex players, you know, unless, like, they go to, like, the Baltimore Ravens, and I'm probably out on those guys of being potential options as, you know, fantasy relevant. But I think they're all three could be guys that are, you know, they're still young, they're still fast, they'll have their weeks, where they're top 10 finishing, uh, but could be flexible options throughout the fantasy season.
0: It's also interesting that they're all very similar style wide receivers. The speed receivers take the top off the defense kind of guys. Will Fuller included in that as well as someone we mentioned on our top list, but I kind of want to wrap this segment up with the vets. So Jamison Crowder has been around a little while. T Y Hilton has said he's not done playing football. Even there was some speculation he was going to retire. And then, old man AJ Green, who kind of revitalized his career a little bit this past year, was played a lot more solid in a crowded court, uh, wide receiver room than we expected. There in Arizona, is there anywhere you think that would rather go for an aging wide receiver as kind of their complement, a uh, wide receiver two three, instead of trying to go for one of the young guns?
1: See, I, th- I think, I think you can look at Ty Hilton and AJ Green as both candidates to return to their current team. It might not be before the start of free agency. It might be after. But there's some guys, you know, T.Y. Hilton not in the Colts just seems odd. Mm -hmm. To me, it could be different. Um, But we thought that about A.J. Green before he went to Arizona. Yeah, but I still thought A.J. Green had a market when, and he was still signed pretty early in the free agency period last year. Like, I'm talking like T.Y. Hilton Like, he might not re-sign with the Colts until, like, June. Like, right before, like... Because he's just not
0: getting offers elsewhere.
1: Right, that's what I'm I'm trying... AJ Green could be in a similar situation, but I do think he'll find his way back to Arizona unless, you know, maybe a team wants to... Again, I'm going to throw the New England Patriots out there. Not so much for T.Y. Hilton, but for AJ Green. Like, AJ Green would be, you know, a nice compliment to that young wide receiver room that has, you know... Jacoby Myers has Nelson Aguilar, has Kendrick Bourne. They have those, you know, I don't want to say playmakers because they're not all playmakers, but they're, you know, you're down the field and they're looking for a more possession guy. I think A.J. Green could fit that role. But I do think A.J. Green is in his point where he's going to want to go to a quote-unquote contender. So that's why I think Arizona has potential. um, You know, if for some reason – obj falls through like you could probably you might want see one of those guys but no i don't even think that the rams might be interested because they still have van jefferson robert woods and Cooper mm-hmm. Cup. like i think that makes a lot of sense so i don't think there's gonna be a lot of markets for the vets especially because this year's draft there's no true number one wide receiver in my opinion in this year's draft there's no jamar chase in this draft there's no cd lamb in this draft but there is a lot of guys that have potential to break out and you know, one of them will probably end up being a true number one. But, you know, we're looking at a lot of guys. I'm going to compare them to, like, Brandon Ayuk. Not so much, not ever the one is, like, a Brandon Ayuk, play, like, height and speed. Like, But, you know, his rookie season, he showed flashes that he could potentially be, you know, a quality number two, potential number one wide receiver. And I think we'll see a lot of these guys, and there's a lot of fast guys that might not be, you know, might replace, like, get a young T.Y. Hilton that can take off, you know, take a ball 70 yards to the house which you probably can't do as much anymore in the third or fourth round because there is so much speed in this draft so definitely interesting the wide receivers it's not a great year to need a wide receiver there's not a lot of options um i think amari cooper if he gets cut though that is like the clear cut number one like wide receiver Mm -hmm. option i think even teams we're not talking about like your philadelphia eagles like i don't think they're going to be in on Allen robinson like they might take a swing at a guy like a dj tark or a christian kirk or you know, an MVS or one of those guys that are still younger, you know, to come in with a Quez Watkins and a, you know, and a Devontae Smith. But if a guy like Amari Cooper hits the market, like I think that puts them right in the category. I think Mm -hmm. it'll put, you know, heck, I think there'll be at least 10 teams trying to vie for Amari Cooper if he hits the list. So that's going to be the big domino to fall. And if any of these other receivers on teams end up getting cut, that might not have played or might not have, or might be surprising cups because of the cats cat cat. Wow. Cap situation like Adam Thielen, That's another name to watch. Like he could become available because of the Vikings salary cap situation. It's a, a long shot at this point, but he is another name that could be, you know, available next week that we're not seeing at this moment. That's true. And there's one more thing. I'm going to
0: kind of transition us in the tight end with this question as well, because we have to keep moving, but the one thing we're not really looking at is there's a lot of Arizona Cardinals on this list. AJ Green and Christian Kirk are two we talked about. In the tight end position, Zach Ertz and Max Williams are both free agents. They were both Cardinals. So they you're gonna I feel like they have to be on the market for somebody, whether it's re signing some of their guys or going out and get somebody else. Cause like they're almost devoid like void at the positions of pass catchers behind DeAndre Hopkins now. I mean, they do have Rondale Moore, who was their stud. Uh, second round pick last year and he is probably definitely going to be more involved now with that aj green and or christian kirk but you would think they'd be on the market for somebody so do you think it's a one or the other with them um like they would either get aj green or christian kirk back do you think that they have a they would go for neither like what do you think but that comes to like them losing so many pass catchers
1: yeah that's that's a great question to see how you know that would play out like i think they'll you know i think they're going to try to bring a guy like you know, Zach Ertz back. He fit well with that team. You know, they, he became a dominant tight end again. Like I do think they'll try to bring him back though. They should have the cap space. And I believe also he's either a free agent or they ag- allowed are allowing him to seek a trade. And that's Andy Isabella. So like there's, they're losing our potentially a lot of turnover, the running backs too. you know, Chris Chase Edmonds, James Connor, like there, this could be a completely different Cardinals offense than what we saw in 2020. So definitely something worth I think Zach Ertz is going to be the the name that they're going to try to get back the most on this list we could see you know I wouldn't again that's a team that you wouldn't think about but if Amari Cooper becomes available they could slide right in there and say hey let's pair Amari Cooper DeAndre Hopkins have Rondell Moore in the slot we'll re-sign James Carter and Zach Ertz and we're cooking with fire Um, Zach Ertz I do think will be an interesting name like if he isn't back in Arizona And the Colts are in need of a tight end. Does he he go reunite with his buddy Carson Wentz in Indianapolis? I think that could be an interesting fit there. He has the, you know, the Zach Reich or Frank Reich. Frank Reich. Frank Reich connection. Zach Hertz is the player. I am all over the place. See, two weeks was bad for me because I'm just now the stumbling, bumbling, (laughs) mumbling Uh podcast host that doesn't know what he's talking about. But outside of Zach Hertz, like Jimmy Graham, don't care. Like, he'll catch a few touchdowns, but he's out of the... Rob Gronkowski. Again, he's very similar. Like I think he still has, he's definitely has more talent left than Jimmy Graham, but without Tom Brady, what are you really, really getting? Kyle Rudolph, he's up there in age. Robert Tunyon, yeah, you could sign him, but he's probably starting the season on PUP because he tore his ACL. Max Williams had that nasty leg injury. So the two names, uh, OJ Howard, Evan Ingram, young tight ends that we thought were budding stars that. I think a change of scenery will do great for them. So those are the two most interesting names. I know the Titans need a tight end. I know Tyler was a huge fan of OJ Howard. He wanted to draft him number five over Corey Davis. Maybe he'll get his wish and get OJ Howard in Tennessee. I think that would be a lot of fun. Evan Ingram could be, you know, another option for the Tennessee Titans. I think the Colts, you know, they still have Mo Allen Cox, but Jack Jack Doyle did retire this past week, so they could be in the market Green Bay. Are they going to bring back Robert Tunyon? Will they want to go after a guy like Evan Ingram instead because he can play all, you know, play all the games? we're not expecting Robert Tunyon? Or do you bring him back and just know after six weeks you have a guy that has been successful in your season? What are these guys going to cost? You know, honestly, Robert Tunyon should cost the most, but because of his injury, he might have to take a one-year deal and you know ball out to get his big guy. Losing three tight ends to the franchise tag was definitely killer for all those teams looking for a tight end
0: definitely you really got rid of at least the fantasy relevant tight ends the guys who are the pass catchers like Kyle Rudolph as much as we tried to will him into being a fantasy relevant tight end in the past he's a blocking and scheme fit kind of tight end he's not a guy who's going to go out there and catch passes on the regular Um, but yeah it's I'm interested to see, especially what happens with like Robert Tunyon, because he is the young star who ate up all those touchdowns two years ago and then all of a sudden kind of fell off the radar. If Gronk is going to go back and if Gronk almost has his choice of where he wants to go because of the name, like they said, he like he said, he wants to play with Joe Burrow. Maybe that ends up happening. You don't really know. But I'm with you. We've been on the free O.J. Howard train for a while. I'm hoping that he goes to somewhere and actually gets to be fantasy relevant. And Evan Ingram, I almost feel like I'm off on him now because of how much he's struggled. But there's no doubting that he is a very talented tight end who should perform better if he ends up in a better situation. It just depends on how good.
1: Okay, what do you got? Your favorite team, Chargers. Replace Derek Cook. I like Donald Parnum. The he's an exclusive right free agent, so he's guaranteed to be back essentially. Uh, but I think, you know, an explosive tight end, pair him with a young quarterback. Let's see what he can do in that system. You know, he doesn't have he's gonna be option essentially like you can argue number four or five, because you know, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Os Eckler out of the backfield, those are their top three pass catching options. You'll still have Jalen Guyton. I believe he's not a free agent. If he is, I apologize. But josh palmer the rookie will replace it if not so like he he'll go to a a place where he gets flourish in the tight end role but that he won't have the pressure to succeed which i think he had uh the last couple years in new york well i can't even again we got to wrap this up i'm getting so (laughs) brain confused of where we're talking about but yeah evan ingram to the chargers pair him with Justin herbert that's a lot better option than playing with daniel jones The only other place I'm really interested to see what happens at tight
0: end, because we've seen dominant tight ends there in the past, is New Orleans, if they decide to go out and grab somebody. I'm getting on the um, Adam
1: Troutman train again.
0: You're getting on the Adam Troutman train again?
1: I think. We'll see who the quarterback is.
0: (laughs) Yeah, obviously. I mean, it could end up being they sign you know Evan Ingram or or O.J. Howard, and that's exciting, but if they don't have a quarterback, it's not going to make a difference. But they've talked about the want to get pass catchers around – any quarterback or uh yeah if in that system so we'll see what happens there if they decide to go with a tight end or stick with adam Troutman. but yeah cody i think that wraps up everything we have to say about free agents so you can For sure get your stumbling I, here into the outro
1: yeah stumbling bumbling mumbling <laughs> podcast hosts uh but you know it was so much fun to be back i know again we went a little long we are going to keep these episodes a little bit shorter as we go out through the out season but we were not expecting such the the news dump on tuesday the march 8th so but as always uh thanks for listening uh we'd love to get you involved you know ideas let us hear you know things you want to see from us this upcoming season things that'll help you things that'll benefit you uh you know if you're a you know a fan of frequency in the draft i know tyler who couldn't be here with us so most likely be here every other a week which just that's how his work schedule unfortunately has fallen uh throughout the offseason um but we'll be excited with the weeks that he is here but he is a huge fan of free agency if you're that like him you should definitely be checking out the couchgms.com where hopefully we can have our up-to-date active fantasy or free agent tracker on where players might be going heading latest reports and that kind of stuff as always check us out on social medias on social media see again on social media <laughs> not social medias i don't even know what that means But as always, (laughs) thanks for listening. And Tyler would say this podcast is more fun for us and more fun for you when you get involved. Yes, it is, Cody. And
0: thank you all one more time for joining us on our return to the Couch GM's podcast. It was fun to be back with you all. Uh, For Cody Roadcap, I'm George Kurth, and we'll see you all
1: next week.